Hey, it's not quite the DeLorean, but we're going back in time with a new podcast feed full of all my favorite interviews in the history of the Bill Simmons podcast. We're coming up on seven years now. I've had an unbelievable collection of athletes, celebrities, showrunners, directors, Matt Damon, Denzel Washington, Adam Sandler, Kevin Garnett, Shirley Theron, Tom Hanks, Bill Burr, Kevin Durant, Peyton Manning, The Undertaker, Eddie Vedder, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he actually came on. Dave Grohl, Quavo, Barack Obama. I mean, what else can I tell you? I've had Al Pacino with Barry Levinson. I've had people like Steph Curry, Jason Bateman, John C. Riley, Jonah Hill. I could just, I could keep going and going. But wait, there's more. Whether it's your first time or you're planning on revisiting some of your favorites, make sure you head to BillSimmonsInterviews.TheRinger.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Follow the Bill Simmons podcast, The Interviews, on Spotify now. It's The Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. It is the Ringer Gambling Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark, boxing edition, Joshua Usyk. I am joined by Raheem Palmer. Raheem, what's going on, buddy? That life is good. I'm so excited for this fight. I actually, you know, rewatched the original Usyk versus <laughs> Joshua fight last night. So, I have a lot of thoughts on what we could see this week, and I'm excited. How how you doing? I'm good. I also rewatched it last night. Uh, gotta tell you, it's been 11 months. Still not impressed by Anthony Joshua. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a a uh, I would say a legacy defining fight this time 11 months ago um, because I think that you could chalk up the Andy Ruiz loss to. Here's a guy at Madison Square Garden. He got overconfident. He thought that there was a a path for him in the heavyweight division um, that was pretty much sealed. He knew what that looked like. Deontay Wilder was in his future. Tyson Fury was in his future. And things got ahead of him. The heavyweight division was completely remade in the ensuing years. And to have a fight at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with Usyk in front of your home crowd uh, and to lay that sort of egg, I pretty much changed everything I thought about Anthony Joshua. We will get to that. Um, first impressions, Raheem, of this fight, of this rematch, uh, where do you start? Okay, I mean, first things first, I mean, we got to set the stage for those who don't know. I mean, this is 
probably one of the biggest fights that you'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, Usyk, I mean, he's one of the greatest fighters of all time. I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, this is a guy who he's he's one of the only people in the history of the sport to unify the cruiserweight division in the four yep. title era. I mean, you have to look back at Bernard Hopkins, um, Jermaine Teller, um, and Terrence Crawford as the only guys to unify four major titles in a weight class. Um, when you're looking at the cruiserweight division, I mean, obviously, you know, Evander Holyfield and David Hay, they they captured three titles. But, I mean, it, you, you don't find many guys who can capture all four belts. And then he moved up to hel- heavyweight. I mean, he he obviously, I mean, he's he's just done such huge things. And then for him to just beat Joshua in the way he did, I mean, look, when you look at some of these punch stats. Blowout. It's, Blowout. It's, it's absolutely do- yeah, dominant. I mean, like, look, Joshua was just, he landed 123 punches the entire fight. 19%. That's the lowest of his entire career, according to, to CompuBox. If you look at his his fights, he's landing between 37 and 26% of his, his, his punches. I mean, you look at his jabs. Like, Joshua's the bigger guy. He has all the advantages in terms of, you know, height and athleticism. I mean, yep. he's 6'6", he's 82-inch reach. And he landed just 12% of his jabs. So you look at Usyk in that fight, his movement caused a ton of problems. He landed that straf- straight left hand at will. So yep. I don't know what changes in this fight. So it's a great point. Usyk was so good that he made the size difference completely irrelevant. Um, his feints, his movement, his defense was unbelievable. Joshua was passive. Um, Joshua looked weak, frankly. Um, it was interesting. I was listening to Tim Bradley this morning talk about this and talking about how how basically Joshua is weak at his temple, not his chin, um, which I guess mm. everybody's weak at their temple. I guess you and I walk down the street. If we got slugged in our <laughs> temple, we, we might have some problems. Um, but he doesn't have chin problems. He has temple problems. Um, it's interesting to me what the strategy is going to be for Joshua. He's got a new trainer in Robert Garcia. Um, there are some questions about his game plans in the past. Um, and, and you hear Joshua now talk about how he didn't really have a game plan before and, you know, the, some of the conditioning ideas he had and you know, just trying to get to the 12th round or whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, if, if this was football or basketball, we'd be talking about maybe there was a coaching problem here, Raheem. Um, but I don't know. Um, it was such a strange performance. It was so, it was such a blowout that I wasn't worried about fishy scorecards, even in London. Um, I don't see how this is any different. I, I want to, you know, I was listening to an interview with Eddie Hearn earlier in this week, who's, um, mm-hmm. who's obviously Joshua's promoter. And he said that he thinks, he thinks there could be a mentality change, Raheem, where Joshua's had to carry British boxing for what, the past six years, seven years, certainly mm-hmm. since Klitschko. And he's had that pressure on him. And now they get to just smash and they get to pretend they're just smashing and grabbing. They're coming in as the B side. They're coming and they're going to steal this title in Saudi Arabia and they're going to leave, right? It's, he's never had that mentality. I wonder if he's able to let his hands fly, if he gets more aggressive, if he's got a different game plan. Is there any path towards that kind of upset Raheem? You know, it's tough for me because I don't think AJ is the same guy since getting stopped by Ruiz. I think that fight mm-hmm. changed him. I mean, when you look at the Andy Ruiz first fight, it's like I like I think you mentioned it earlier, but to me that fight that first fight was very similar to Lennox Lewis versus Hasim Rahman. Yeah, and 
you saw the next fight, Lennox Lewis came back and he, he stopped Rockman and he, he just was a dog for the rest of his career. I don't know if AJ has been that guy who is just like, you know what? I slipped up once. I'm just going to dog people while I'm going to be aggressive. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, like, I, I think the path for him to win this fight is just to lead with the hard, hard jab, have more activity, you know, and really just punch through, you know, Usyk's chest if the, if, if there's just no opportunity for, you know, Usyk's to leave his chin open. And that hasn't mm-hmm. happened. So it's just, I, honestly, I mean, look, if Robert Garcia had more time with him, I would I would feel comfortable. But, yeah. you know, Robert Garcia, to me, he's had really good pressure fighters. You, I mean, you look at Madonna. Yep. You look at Ortiz. You look at um, Mikey Garcia. He has pressure fighters in his stable. And I just don't think one fight is enough time for you to change, you know, the habits that you have. So, to me, I think, you know, even if... And then AJ has stamina problems. Like, mm-hmm. AJ can come out and, you know, he can go balls to the wall for the first six rounds and he can get tired. To me, he looked tired in that mm-hmm. that last fight. And you saw in the 12th round, Usyk landed 29 punches. Like, you can't find any fight in his last seven or eight fights where Joshua has allowed an opponent to land 20 punches in a round. So him right. for him to allow Usyk to land 29 punches in the 12th round, to me, that says it all. It sure does. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't really get get a read on where Joshua's career is heading. And there's some been some talk. First of all, Tyson Fury just retires and unretires every single day. We haven't gotten that to that 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 stage yet um, with Anthony Joshua. But there's just questions. He's made a ton of money. Does he want to hang around as a as a kind of a mid card heavyweight when he's been a super duper star selling out stadiums? If he loses this fight, I will say this. I looked up the the Ring Magazine heavyweight rankings today, and I was wondering if it's changed at all from the last couple of years. No. I mean, it's not like the heavyweight division is going to move on without him. He can still have big fights. He can still probably, if he wanted to fight Wilder, if he wanted to eventually fight Fury, he can get that in the stadium just because people like Anthony Joshua. Um, but it's it's Usyk, it's Joshua, and it's Wilder are the top three uh, on, on Ring Magazine. Obviously, Tyson Fury has said he's retired, so he'll put him out there. Joseph Parker, Joseph freaking Parker is fourth, and Dillian and White is fifth. And so it's not like the heavyweight division move on without him. Um, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see where this goes. All right, before we get into the bigger questions about the heavyweight division, what are your bets for this week, Raheem? I think you have to take Usyk money line. I mean, right now, you're looking at Usyk minus... 200, you're looking at Joshua plus 164. I mean, that denotes that Usyk has a 66.7% chance. And I think that's where you, you you take this. To me, I think this line should probably be upwards of minus 300, minus 400. Now, one thing I will say is that Joshua still has a puncher's chance. I mean, we know he has pop. Um, we know he has the height and the reach advantage. So, I mean, it's tough to expect Joshua to just land 12% of his his um jabs in this fight. I mean, I mean, Yusuf was just brilliant defensively in terms of his movement and just being able to just, you know, shoot that right hand out there and then land the left, the straight left hand and the overhand left. I just think Usyk wins this fight. So I think that would probably be my best bet as far as like the over-under. Over-under is nine and a half rounds at FanDuel. There's some ten and a halves in the market. Um this one's tough for me just because I I think if Joshua's going to be more aggressive, 
I mean, I think he can leave himself open for a stoppage. And I also think, I mean, if he's he's going to be more aggressive, I mean, if he lands one punch, I mean, he he could get Usyk yeah. out of there. Um, so it's just, I'm personally, I'm going to stay away from the over-under. Um, I know there's some people leaning under. I just can't play it just because I, I just, when you look at Usyk, I mean, since he's moved to heavyweight, he hasn't stopped anybody. Um, yep. Now I was about to say that, yep. Yeah, it's like, so it's it's, it's tough to depend on him to get the stoppage. I also don't know if that's his mentality to really get him out of there. Um, I mean, to me, I thought the, the, the knockout was there for the for the taking in the first fight. And I just yep. to me, like you look at round six, it felt like he took round six off and then came back round seven and he was just dominant. So I'm going to stay away from the over-under. I think the best bet to me is Usyk minus 200. Wearing a men's warehouse outfit makes you confident, like you could do anything. So you dance like no one is watching, even though everyone is watching. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you interview like the job is already yours because it is. Because of the men's warehouse outfit, you golf as if the rules don't apply to you because you're too well-dressed for rules. Because of the men's warehouse outfit. At Men's Warehouse, get measured, get fitted, get hot, get confident in everything from tailored suits to underwear and all the stuff in between. Love the way you look at Men's Warehouse. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Fascinating. I don't... I, I I would bet the over if I had to bet the over. If someone says you have to bet the over under, I'd bet the over only because of what you're saying. Usyk's not going to get an early stoppage. If it is a stoppage, it's going to be a late swarming stoppage. It could happen. I mean, just you know, kind of pace of the fight wise in the twelfth round, la- last fight, you know, Joshua could have given up because it was such a blowout to the point that we knew what the scorecards were going to look like, all that stuff. Um, so it could be something like that, but I don't think that's going to happen in the ninth round. I think that's going to be the eighth round. I go over. I agree with you on the money line. I would take, I would take if I were in, in Vegas tomorrow, I would put a little bit of money on Joshua K.O. I would put a little mm. bit of money on Joshua K.O. because when he lets those hands fly, if he, if his back's against the wall, like we're talking about, if it's, if they're just trying to say, hey, we're the underdogs here, nothing to lose, let's go act like we're the you know 100th ranked heavyweight in the world trying to pull the upset here. Let's act like we're Andy Ruiz. Let's act like we're Asim Rahman that's when I think you might see a little bit of mentality in the pressure fighters. So that's what I would do. Um, I, I do think Usyk's going to win this fight, but I wouldn't be surprised, wouldn't be shocked if 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 when Joshua lets his hands go, something doesn't connect. That, that Joshua KO is paying plus 250. So, I mean, you do get a pretty good odds on that one. Actually, Usyk KO is paying plus 210. So uh, I think, you know, the most likely outcome of victory appears to be Usyk by points plus 175. Um, I'm personally going to leave those props alone, but I can't be mad at anybody taking Joshua um, by KO. Now, a question I have for you is, apparently yep. Usyk is bulked up a little bit. Joshua yep. has has actually um, he's, he's dropped some weight. How do you think that impacts this fight? I don't know. I, w- I saw that. I, I, I saw that. I, I wish Usyk hadn't done that. Because that's such a complicating factor. And you worry about... So first of all, 
one of the dumbest storylines over the past couple of weeks, I don't know if you've seen it, is like, how is the war in Ukraine impacting Usyk? And, and, and then like all of these boxing <laughs> analysts are like, all of these boxing analysts, well, he's going to be locked in or well, he's not going to be locked. It's like, we don't know anything. We don't know anything. And it's also, you know, Eddie Hearn was joking about this on Monday, but it's like everybody comes in and says they had a great camp. So it doesn't matter. You can't read into that stuff. You've seen people at press conferences who look locked in, who, who you know, barely trained and you've seen the opposite, right? Um, so we'll, you know, what his training camp looked like, I'll, I'll, I'll let, you know, we'll see on Saturday. I'm not too worried about that stuff. The bulked up part of it, I wish he hadn't done it because I just worry about the speed advantage, but he's still going to be fast. I don't think you can lose that. And I think that you saw just different classes of, of pace, um, in the last fight. And I don't think anything can change that. Uh, I, I really don't. I, I just think Joshua um, looked slow. Usyk looked fast. And I, I think even with the weight changes, we're going to see that again. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. And I just, to me, I think the variables are more on Joshua's side. We just don't know yes. what, like, you just never know what kind of game plan you're going to get with Joshua. You just it, Does Joshua want to fight anymore? I don't care about the, the damn war <laughs> Ukraine British boxing writers. I want to know if Anthony Joshua still wants to fight. Because in the 12th round last time, it didn't look like he did. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you 100%. He did not look like he wanted to be there. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, yeah. I think you're always going to have a, a segment of writers who are always looking for the narrative. And, you know, when it, when it comes to Usyk, he actually, um, I think he tried to buy the paper, pay-per-view rights. He did. Um, he did. Yeah, they, they're Ukraine. giving it away. They're giving yeah, it away. Yeah, they just gave, uh, yeah, the, the yeah, Saudis just it gave away. it away to him. Um, so it's just a nice narrative that yeah. Usyk, you know, he's in a war-torn country right now, um, that he goes out there and goes balls to the wall and looks for the stoppage. But that's not going to have really any impact. There's two guys in there. Joshua, I mean, is a former heavyweight champion. Uh, he's going to have to earn it. I mean, this is not yeah. going to be... As, as much as it, it was, it, it looked like an easy fight. Usyk did a lot of great stuff in that in that first fight, and he had to earn it. So and I, I'm, it remains to be seen what we're going to see this weekend, but I, I think he wins this fight. I think he could take the minus 200. All right, let's 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 game this out. If Usyk wins, the heavyweight division's next couple moves are what? Mm, I think Fury stays retired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, who knows? I mean, I mean, somebody was saying, one of the British boxing writers was basically saying that at this point, they think Fury just wakes up, decides what he could put on social media that would screw with the most people, and then just does it. So I, I'm done predicting Tyson Fury right now. Yeah, he's he's very difficult to predict. Um, Obviously, Wilder has a fight coming coming up. Yep. I, I still want to see Wilder versus Joshua. Um, Me too. I, I've been wanting to see that for a while. I think to me, I think, I mean, I'm not the biggest Wilder fan in terms of his ability to box, but when you look at his career, he puts everybody down, including Tyson Fury. And, I mean, it's, it, it took Tyson Fury getting up multiple times for him yeah. to, you know, win those fights. So, I mean, outside of the second one. So, I would like to see that happen, but, I mean, it's boxing. You just never know. Wilder, Joshua went from selling out any stadium in the world to, like, you know, Mandalay Bay level. Like, we're, you know, it's 7,000 <laughs> people. It reminds me of I, when I was growing up in Florida, Florida State Notre Dame was, like, the game of the century, right? Like, I was really young, maybe in the first football game I ever saw. It was, like, really, really. And then they played the next year in Orlando. And then a couple of years, like, a decade later, 
they played in, I think, the Champ Sports Bowl, Florida State, Notre Dame. And I went and I was just like, man, this is not the matchup I expected. This is the biggest game in the world 12 years ago. And now they're playing in the Champ Sports Bowl. That's what's going to happen if Joshua loses his fight and eventually fights Wilder, is it went from the biggest fight in the world to, to nothing. I mean, I'm worried, frankly, about just the idea. First of all, by the way, if Joshua wins this, everything gets back on track. He can fight Wilder in any stadium. Tyson Fury will probably come back. Everything changes. I, heavyweight boxing, in a weird way, for the narrative stuff, this thing we're talking about, Raheem, would, would probably prefer Joshua win because of the box office element. If Usyk wins, I just don't think that there's a lot of great fights on the horizon for him. I mean, Joe Joyce, obviously, is 14-0, um, ranked number eight with, with Ring Magazine. Um, there's a couple of up-and-comers. You know, Frank Sanchez is pretty good. But th- those guys aren't box office to the point where you can throw them on pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, it would be good for bo- uh, boxing if Joshua wins. Um, you know, it's, it's so interesting. I was thinking about this um, in terms of the odds. The odds for the first fight were actually Joshua minus 270, Usyk plus 220. So that's how much things have shifted with this first fight. Um, I don't know if you you see that quite often um, where things, the first fight completely shifts our perception. <laughs> I think I'm going to bet. I think I'm going to onward. I, I haven't placed a bet on boxing since I randomly bet on uh, George Camposis to win his last fight. Spoiler alert, he did not win that fight. Um, I think I'm going to do what I described. Usyk, money line. We're, we're in agreement on that. Mm-hmm. Joshua KO and over. Those are my three. Those are my three allocations, and I'm, pu- I'm, putting, I'm putting the same amount on, on all three. I, I really do. I, I, know, I know that's a hedge um, with the Joshua KO, but I do really do feel like we could see a different type of guy, and I, I don't want to be left out if that happens. I'm not mad at that. I, I mean, just for, for clarification, the over-under is nine and a half rounds. The, the over is actually juiced to 172. The under is plus 134 at FanDuel. There are some 10 and a halfs out there in the market at minus 145 for the over, plus 125 for the under. So you got to pick your spots on, you know, getting that over. But I, I I think over nine and a half, I mean, at FanDuel, I mean, it's juiced, it's juiced heavily, but I, I, I like that. I definitely like that. All right, we'll be back for Canelo Triple G. You fired up about that? I'm very fired up. I'm actually trying to attend that. Um, I'm also I'm also really fired up for um for for the Spence and, and the Crawford fight. I really hope that well, happens. I, I just need that on the calendar. I need that on the calendar. I, I, the, I people tweet about it. They say it's going to happen until a network has announced something. Until it's on the ESPN boxing schedule that I'm looking at right now, uh, I, I I will not count my chicken before they hatch. Um, so the, the, again, the next big fight is Canelo Triple G early preview. Have you given any thought to it? I, I think this is an easy fight for Canelo. I, I yeah. think when I when I looked at GGG's last fight, to me, he was just way too hittable. Um, mm-hmm. Unless Canelo is fading, which I I don't think Canelo's fading. I just think when he fought Better Beam, I mean, he fought a a, a, a bigger guy. But I mean, GGG had, he didn't impress me against Murata at all. Um, I, I just think Canelo should be able to win this easy. He kind of aged him out. Um, obviously GGG yep. is forty years old right now, so um, he's not he quite. May, what he I may, may weathered him. He may weather. Yeah, him. I mean, he's not quite Larry Holmes status, as I say, but no. he's 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 older. <laughs> the two their two first fights were amazing. I'm happy to see them in the same ring. I think that 
Triple G deserves another shot. Um, so I'm not I'm not mad about them them fighting again. And it's again, it's 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 all box office. Devin Haney, George Campos's fight uh on October 15th, obviously part of the rematch clause. Wilder returns on October 15th in Brooklyn. I might try to go to that. Actually, no, I'll, I'll be out of town. Uh, Miami plays region. Check that game day. I'll be in Blacksburg, uh, but I wish them well. And then Charlo returns on January 28th. That is the big stuff on the calendar. We will be there for all of it. Raheem, thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Jason Von Anderson, for Destruction Help with additional production supervision by Steve Saruri. This has been the Ringer Gambling Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. 